This is a Federal News Network podcast. Some 30,000 reassigned military families will get to make moves to their new duty station, even with coronavirus still ravishing the nation. A big change from the situation just a week ago. And now the Defense Department is taking precautions on who can even join the military after being infected with that disease. For the latest developments, Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. All right, the stop-move order was in place. Now it's not in place. Scott, tell us exactly what's going on here. Yeah, it's a little confusing. It's still in place. Uh, however, the military has been making some exceptions and exemptions to it. And those exemptions are to basically keep the wheels still running. So, uh, you know, as far as we know, the stop-move order is still in place until June 30th, and that is for most families. However, 30,000 military families will be able to move to their next duty station over the next two months. And that is because they've been approved for these exemptions. Now, those exemptions have to do with things like people who are being deployed, um, you know, different, uh, you know, reasonings having to go to a certain school or, or, you know, just being an essential personnel. These are families that are much needed uh, occupations that the the Defense Department needs. So what they're going to be doing is uh, they're, they're in these different processes of moving at this point with the personal property program, duties, personal property program. And, uh, you know, some of them are ready to, to move and they have been awarded transportation service providers. Others are doing the pre-move survey and others are being counseled. So it's all in this different stages of process. And, um, you know, they'll just have to, to wait and see um, when they can actually get their move done. But those 30,000 are planned unless something you know wild happens and coronavirus uh, takes a big jump uh, between now and June 30th. And how many then are still in limbo? And what is the status of the stop move order after all of this? That's a good question. So we, we don't really know the full uh, impact of this stop move order, but we know that it's humongous. I mean, this is the peak season for moving. Uh, I would say definitely over 100,000. We knew that including the overseas troops, there were 120,000 at least just affected by the stop move order that went until mid-May. Now, this has been you know pushed, like I said, until the end of June. So it's a lot of people. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that DOD has already conducted about 12,500 moves since the stop order went into effect in mid-March. Um, and, and that was, like I said, for those two major exemptions for uh, you know recruited troops reporting duty for overseas deployments and redeployments, things like that. Uh, and you're probably wondering, you know, how do these families know that these moving companies are safe or if they are, uh, you know, not infected by coronavirus? Well, it's a it's an interesting way the Defense Department's doing this. And what they're doing is they're asking industry to screen their workers uh, before they go out on a job, just with the regular screening, take their temperature, look at them, you know, see if they're coughing and stuff, and then sign a form that says, I certify that these folks have been screened and to the best of my ability and now you can go and interact with these families. Uh, I would assume that some families may have a problem with that. Um, you know, that does isn't exactly the most medically sound way of uh, confirming that these are, um, you know, uh, people that aren't sick, especially considering the number of asymptomatic cases that have been around. Well, I guess I'd still worry about whether they can drive a truck around a curve without crashing and wrecking all my stuff. But that's just <laughs> me. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. And now there are restrictions from DOD on people joining up because of coronavirus. What's going on there? 
Yeah, this is something that came out late last week, and the Defense Department originally put out a memo and then revised it again. So if you've been hospitalized for coronavirus at some point and you want to join the military, you're going to need an exception in order to join the military. And the reason that they're doing this is because they haven't figured out the long-term effects of coronavirus, like the impact on pulmonary systems and organs, um, and, and really they're going to be joining a long list of other people who already need exemptions to join the military, people with flat feet, people with asthma, people with diabetes, all that other stuff. So if you've had coronavirus, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't join the military. So if you've had it uh, and you haven't, you know, and you you are symptom free, they're going to ask you to wait another two weeks before you try again to join. Uh, But if you've been hospitalized, that's something that is a, a big issue. And they're going to ask that you, at least apply for the exemption. So you're gonna have to jump through a hoop if you want to join the military. And of course, there are recruits in there already that are in close quarters. What are they doing to protect those? They're doing a a few things at this point. So uh, I talked to the Air Force Assistant Deputy Chief of Staff for Manpower Personnel and Services, Gwen DeFilippi. And, you know, she said that, uh, you know, they've reduced the number of people that are assessing into the Air Force. And that's definitely going to have an impact on in strength. But they think it's at a manageable level at this point. What they're doing right now, um, they did for a while stop people coming from, from coming to basic school and starting up their training. They've since resumed that, and this is for all the military services, not just the, the Air Force, but uh, possible recruits who end up at basic school will have to wait two weeks in quarantine. They'll be checked for symptoms, and once they're symptom-free after that, then they can go in and uh, you know start their, their actual basic training. But they've also been doing just the straight COVID-19 testing on recruits, too, because I don't think they really want to take many chances with asymptomatic patients as well. I guess really across the military, this is a big issue because the COVID-19 can stop ships, as we've already learned. It can stop recruitment, as we've already learned. It can stop people from having the flexibility to reassign people as needed. So is there any program office or is there any unit of DOD that's looking at this in a holistic way that you're aware of? Uh, well, they're looking at it in a holistic way in, in many different ways. You know, they're looking at it from there's the acquisition task force, which is looking at it from the, the way that they buy things. As far as recruiting, I think each separate uh, human resources command or, or the likeness of that are are also looking at that. But, um, you know, at this point, their secretary Esper the, said that they feel prepared for another tranche of uh coronavirus, which is sort of expected in the fall. But right now, the United States has more than 1.2 million confirmed cases of coronavirus, and 7,700 of those are DOD-related in some some case, so in some form or another. Um, so there's definitely the threat of being uh, infected at, at this point. Under the category of no good deed goes unpunished, increased progress payments to vendors, to contractors. They're getting some attention on the Hill. That's probably not good attention. What are you hearing there, Scott? Right. Senator Elizabeth Warren is concerned about DOD kind of forking over more money and progress payments to these companies. Originally, it was 80% for large companies and 90% for smaller companies. They bumped that up during the coronavirus uh, outbreak to 90% for large companies and 95% for, for small companies. What uh, Senator Warren's worried about is that the change in policy may be just a quick cash subsidy for these big companies, and they're not actually pushing it down to the smaller uh, um, parts of the supply chain that are way down, you know, the fourth or fifth tier, the ones that really need a lot of help because they're smaller businesses and they need the 
money to keep afloat because they're not getting the business that they were expecting or they're waiting for it to go through these bigger uh, companies. So, uh, you know, one of the things she points out is that the six largest defense contractors generated uh, more than $150 billion in free cash flow and spent more than $160 billion in stock repurchases over the past uh, eight years, really. And she's wondering, well, you know, if they're doing it that way, um, you know, how can we really trust them to to bring this money back and put it in ways that we're expecting it instead of not putting it to, to line their own pockets. So, um, you know, I talked to a few acquisition professionals and they said that this is something that they feel is a very um, a reasonable concern. Uh, and, and we only really have the contractors, the prime contractors to take their word on this. So uh, Senator Warren asked the Defense Department for some details on how they're going to be giving out these progress payments and, you know, how they're going to be keeping track of it. She's expecting those answers by the middle of May. So we'll see what the Defense Department comes up with to ensure the accountability on it. Federal News Network, Scott Mossioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.